Hey everyone, my name is Omar Kanawi. I'm a lifelong Red living in Los Angeles and this is the Liverpool play. So a tough week for Liverpool on paper and, and as it turned out on the pitch, you know, two away games after the international break, first at Old Trafford and then at Genk uh, in Belgium and uh, then finishing up with a home game against Tottenham, which is never going to be that easy and they had a big win uh, in the Champions League uh, in midweek at home where we had to travel so a very tough week for the Reds but it's actually ended on quite a high you know obviously winning 2-1 against Tottenham and uh, and going six points clear of Manchester City uh, in second and so uh, you know a really good way to uh, finish what has been a difficult week for the Reds and we'll get into uh, the last couple of games and also more in detail get into the Tottenham game but um, I just want to start off by saying you know there's been a lot of criticisms leveled at Liverpool and you know, some I believe are justified and some aren't. Um, but, you know, for me, there's been kind of two overriding issues that we've seen a lot. And one of them is that we're just kind of not really able to see out a game with a clean sheet at the moment. Whether we're conceding first, as has happened more often since the international break in two of our three games. We've conceded the first goal and had to chase it and come back from behind. So that kind of air of invincibility of uh, just that shield of protection that that you know just confidence in our defensibility is, is a little bit frayed right now um that's one issue and also the other issue of you know uh creativity for midfield and we're not getting enough of the you know penetration and enough assists and enough goals from midfield and you know we rely a lot on our fullbacks and how united definitely had a game plan which you know worked to treat in the first half we were very poor haven't seen us that bad since Sheffield United, who also had a game plan against us to nullify our two fullbacks. And it seems that when you do that with Liverpool, you do have some success. Now, either it's a reaction to that, uh, to, you know, Klopp is a very good man manager. He's also a very good tactician and maybe he's just able to switch things around quickly. Or maybe he's been actively working on this. Everyone's saying that our midfield doesn't provide, but... You have to say that the midfield has actually really stepped up this week and they've been a big reason why we are where we are right now. And, uh, you know, in terms of not just the creativity, but in just goals and pure numbers, getting into the box, scoring, taking shots from distance, there's been a marked difference, you know, prior to the international break, you know, we're, we're not getting any goals from midfield. And now in this week, we've scored seven goals in all three of these games. And four of them, so over 50% of the goals, have been scored by midfielders. You know, you've got obviously Lalana getting us uh, the very credible draw at United. And, you know, obviously it was not a good day for Liverpool. We didn't play at all near our best. But you never want to lose uh, a game, especially at Old Trafford. We'd never live it down. And, uh, you know, we still were able to keep the unbeaten run going in the Premier League. So that was an absolutely vital goal. Um, I, everything has been said about the Manchester United game, so I'm not going to rehash that. But, uh, you know, I think it was a, a point gained given the circumstances of how badly we played. And, and uh, you know, always to equalise late on in the game does feel like you've snatched something from the jaws of defeat. I did say before the game that I don't think Liverpool would want to draw it. Having said that, you know, we are still six points ahead, not eight. But, you know, you'll take that lead at any point of the season. And if we're going to draw a game, drawing away at Old Trafford is not a bad one to do it. So, um, yeah, you know, obviously there are such small margins for error. 
but if you are going to slip a few points here and there, then away at a top six rival, still getting a point and still denying them is, is always a good way to do it. So, you know, Lalana, who's really not even been getting a look in at the team, comes in, gets a vital goal and has just just reminded us all that he's there and that he's willing and that he's ready to be called upon and he can see a game out. He can occasionally get, you know, a vital goal just like that one. And I thought he really was, was uh, a class act when he came on and really helped us see through that game. And then you go to Genk in the Champions League and another player who, making his first start since his tragic uh, injury in the Champions League semi-finals in the season before last 18 months, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain scores two fantastic goals. Second one is one of the best goals I've ever seen. What a delicate dink. I'm not 100% sure that he necessarily meant it. I actually think he might have been trying to you know, kind of chip it over for one of the attackers. But if he did mean it, my God, it was incredible. And even if he didn't, it was still incredible. So hats off to the Ox for, for even having the skill and out, you know, outlandish uh, belief to, to try and do that. And, uh, you know, his first goal was a real peach as well. You know, just, uh, just starting the game. And we've missed that. We've really missed someone to just take the game to, to a, 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 an opposition team, drive from midfield and have some shots. You know, the front three are fantastic and, our fullbacks have so much creativity and, you know, Trent Alexander-Arnold is becoming such a menace, you know, in his own right. You know, you're kind of starting to look at him, even separating himself from, from Robertson, who is such an incredible, one of the world's best left-backs. But, you know, Trent is now starting to become one of the world's best players, I think. He's just so incredibly gifted and just, you know, so dangerous going forward. Still can work on a few things defensively, but so dangerous going forward. So... Um, you know, scintillating Liverpool attack in Genk. But again, you know, we had some real issues defensively. And I think, you know, we weren't able to keep out some real simple long balls, counter-attacks. Genk obviously get their consolation. We can't keep them out. We can't keep a clean sheet, which would have been great in Alisson's, you know, second game back from injury. Um, so we still haven't been able to keep that clean sheet in the three games that he's played since returning. But, you know, it's one of those things. I think, you know, we set a precedent this season that we seem to let in this goal per game. You know, we've only kept, I think, two or three clean sheets this season. Um, and I do think Matip was a big miss today. We're going to get into that uh, for, against Tottenham, but I do think Matip was a big, big miss. But, um, you know, Liverpool again found the way. And in the game against Genk, we, we really swatted them aside with some great finishing in the second half. And really importantly, just to put to bed that really ridiculous away day hoodoo in the uh, in the group stages of the Champions League. We hadn't won an away game in the Champions League group stages for two years. So to finally get that monkey off our back was 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 wonderful. And um, yeah, hopefully that will just make us kick on now. We're looking in good shape just quickly on the Champions League. We are looking in good shape now, it seems. If we win the next game, which is at home to Genk, then that will be nine points from four games. And, you know, I believe then we're pretty much home and hosed because... Um, you know, Napoli are leading the group, but then RB Salzburg and Genk don't really have the points on the board needed. I thought RB Salzburg would be up there and maybe take some points off of Napoli. That didn't happen. So in a way, Napoli winning there 3-2 uh, has helped us a little bit. And so the, I don't really care whether we finish first or second in the group. I don't think in the group stages, uh, sorry, in the knockout stages, should I say, that anyone would want to play Liverpool. I don't think that over a two-legged tie, I'm afraid to play anybody in Europe. Um, and I think that we've shown in the time that Klopp has been at Liverpool, he's never lost 
a uh, two-legged tie and hopefully that will carry on this season it's a great way to get to these finals and he's got such a great incredible track record of getting to these finals and now we finally got over the line and won one um you know it i think has changed everything this is a team that never say die they're a team that knows how to win they've got the taste for it and they want more and more so i see that continuing and so you know and even in that game we had the great uh, even though he didn't score but another one of the midfielders you know, Nabi Keita was so, so good, so involved. Uh, lots of positive forward passes, lots of creativity coming from him, a lot of driving. So, you know, between him and Oxford chamberlain two real strong options to come off of the bench and, and really try and help Liverpool see things out. The same, uh, you know, three players that I've just discussed did come on against United. We had Lalana, we had, uh, who got the goal, we had Keita and we had, uh, Oxford Chamberlain come on against United and once we brought them in that's when we started to exert our influence and I do think that people claiming that Liverpool don't have any creativity in midfield just have to look at those three players and what they've achieved in the last couple of games so we do have them we don't play a system really right now that suits their being included in the team on a, on a regular basis you know we did we reverted to our kind of workman-like midfield the one that's the go-to Klopp's uh, go-to midfield and uh, and against Tottenham and we were still able to get, despite that, a goal from midfield. And a lot of things have been said about Jordan Henderson. Uh, a lot of criticisms have been leveled at Jordan Henderson. I was infuriated at the beginning of the game when he gave away the ball and then couldn't recover and it kind of had two mistakes leading up to their goal. And But you've got to give credit to, Mil uh, to Henderson. Every time people try and write him off, and every time people try and say that he's not good enough to be in the team and they start questioning him and trying to drop the captain. I've heard every single pundit and, you know, podcast suggest that Henderson doesn't make it into Liverpool's first team. Now, I personally don't think that he's necessarily a first team player every game, but I do think he's going to play the majority of games because he is the heartbeat of the midfield he is also the captain he just wears so much responsibility he's also got a taste for success now having lifted the european trophy so i do think his 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 value is is really great but um a lot of people always write him off and for him to then get the equalizing goal you know when liverpool were really struggling to find a way through gazaniga was inspired having one of those kinds of games that goalkeepers love to have at anfield where he made the most saves he's ever made in his career. I believe it was 12 in this game. But, you know, we managed to find a way through. And well done to Henderson. You could tell that the relief it meant to him to have corrected his mistake from the beginning. What, you know, what it did for him and the boys. And then we just kicked on. And you weren't surprised to see Liverpool then go and win a penalty and, and score the winning goal. And, uh, you know, Salah does what he does best and scores the goal. So, you know, it was a, it was a tough match in many ways because... I believe Liverpool were always favourites to win this game. You know, Tottenham had a big win in the Champions League, but, you know, they're not on the level of Liverpool right now. They've had actually a pretty poor season. And, you know, Son is such a fantastic player. They have these incredible individuals. Mora, uh, I don't think Kane's been at the races this season. And, you know, they have Ndombele and good players like that. But, um, you know, they've got players that can hurt you. Deli Ali hasn't had a good season, but he's starting to score goals and starting to influence games again. And... You know, when you've got players like that on the field and they've had a good win, then you don't want to be making a mistake in the first seconds, which is what we did. And I believe that a combination of Henderson and Lovren should have done better for their opener. 
um, you know, we concede the goal so quickly that our kind of plan is out the window. So then we have to just do what we were, you know, just attack as what we were going to do anyway. But, you know, now we don't have the shape that we could have had. Now that we don't have the, uh, you know, we can we can basically hit them when it feels like it, you know, from uh, from a counter-attacking perspective, if they try and come at us, then, you know, we'll just pick them off. So instead, we had to attack the game and then they were able to pick us off quite easily on a couple of occasions. You know, they have they hit the bar in the second half before we take the the, the equalising goal. They could have gone 2-0 up and Sun hits the post after a simple through ball from... It's just a punt downfield by Gazaniga. He saves it, kicks it all the way downfield, it bounces, and Lovren can't keep up with Sun. He's got the run on him, and then he hits the bar. So it could have been that easy for, for them to go 2-0 up. Thankfully, it didn't happen. We got the other end and get the equaliser and then go on to win it. But, you know, such a fine margins are games won and lost that you have to look at the positives that we got through the game as well and that we played so well. We had that great attacking spell 30 you know 20 to 30 minutes in the first half where we were just pelting them and and really just like having chance chance after chance after chance and um only but for Gazaniga it would have been a, a much higher score but having said that we had a big problem thrown at us right at the very start of the game plans out the window you know and then we just have to go for it and I think given the circumstances the boys really put in a great performance and deserved the victory you know, you could say for this game that Tottenham were trying to rewrite the Champions League script in certain ways, you know, getting an early goal themselves and, and threatening to kind of hold tight and then try and maybe nick it a second goal on the on at the end of the game. Uh, but, you know, Liverpool were not to be denied and you can't say that despite the uh, 12 saves that Gazaniga made and the, the goal going against Liverpool in the first seconds of the game, 47 I think it was, that they didn't deserve to be level. Eventually, you know, just perseverance and just sheer pressure told. And uh, once we scored just after 50 minutes, there was only going to be one team to win it. What a beautiful poetic justice that it was Mo Salah versus Tottenham with a penalty. And I feel like I've heard that one before somewhere, but I'm not sure exactly. So, uh, you know, to get the win was amazing. To to score the goals and uh, and come back from behind shows the character of this team. We've talked about it time after time. But, you know, Liverpool really don't know when they're beaten. And uh, I just think it was an incredible game to, to win and now puts the pressure all back on City. Um, and, you know, it doesn't half make the clash that we've got coming up with them in a couple of weeks really tasty. Because, you know, I think that Liverpool right now aren't playing as well as City. But you wouldn't back against Liverpool or Anfield. I think City are going to be a tough opponent. Um, but we're so strong. It's a fortress, Anfield. And I, I'd be a lot more sceptical if we were going to the Etihad. But because we're going to be at Anfield, this could be a really significant title blow. We can get through the Aston Villa game. If we can get through the Arsenal and Genk games with not too many injuries, then I think, you know, full strength against City this is going to be a potential title decider in November, which is insane to say. But, you know, like I said before that, Liverpool have a bit of time. And one of the things I do think we need to figure out is this defensive frailty. Thankfully, our midfield has been has been kicking in with the goals and, and starting to address that side of the problems that we've been having. But these defensive issues are threatening to derail Liverpool. You know, like I said earlier, that air invincibility is gone. 
since our return from the international break. You know, we trailed uh, United, we trailed at home to Tottenham. Both of those games were quite long periods. And so, you know, the idea that we can just waltz through these games or the idea that we can't be tested is is not true. And, and you know, we're, we're getting questions asked every time. Now, the great thing is that we're coming up with the answers, which is, you know, a, such a testament to this team and the way that they keep going. But, uh, you know, sometimes you would like to have a game that Liverpool just win and win comfortably. And I can't remember the last time we did just win a game and win it with no issues. And, you know, it's been a long time since Liverpool just kind of trounced someone. Yes, we won 4-1 against Genk, but even that game, there were some troubles and some issues. So, you know, more of those games might help and be better on the heart. But, um, you know, you've got to take the wins. And it's all about the result at the end of the day. So I'll take a bit of a uh, frail heart for for the for the joy and excitement of the points that we have right now. So here's some player ratings for Liverpool 2, Tottenham 1. I'm going to start from the back and work our way forward. I think Alisson had a pretty decent game. He obviously, you know, didn't have a chance really with the goal. Um, he was trying to spread himself as much as he could. But, uh, and other than that, he didn't really have a ton to do. Uh, made a couple of good saves, uh, especially at the end of the game where Tottenham really pressed after we'd scored our second goal. And he held firm made a good save from Son, held on to it, relieved the pressure at the end of the game and, you know, just generally calmed things and made sure that we saw the game out. And I liked that he didn't try to release the ball at the very end of the game when Gazaniga had made a run up the field from a corner, for a corner, and uh, obviously he'd saved it from Alderweireld and then didn't try and punt it upfield because something could go wrong, maybe it comes back at us, the game is already won, it was the 94th minute. You know, he just held on to it. He literally saw out the clock, punted it upfield eventually whenever everyone was kind of good and ready. And we saw the game out. We didn't need to try and get a third goal and risk losing it. We were happy to have a 2-1 and that just showed a maturity that I like. I'm not sure if if uh, Adrian would have had that same amount of kind of game knowledge, but uh, I think Alisson does and that's one of the things that kind of separates him out. So uh, for me, Alisson scored an 8 out of 10. Trent Alexander-Arnold is such an incredible player. Time after time, he was getting forward and just, you know, either crossing in with pinpoint accuracy with very little, like, invitation to do so. Just, you know, puts his head up, whips it in. It's always right in the corridor of uncertainty at a perfect height. It's just so, so incredible. And what a potent weapon it is. And it's very hard to defend against. Uh, and so I keep thinking, man, someone should be doing better at stopping these crosses or stopping him from, from doing his signature move or, or you know, someone should be able to defend it better. I think United did a pretty good job of that with the three in defense and, you know, the big lads with, uh, with Maguire and co. But, you know, not many teams have the personnel to do that. Not many teams would want to sack risk, you know, some uh, midfield creativity for three at the back, although United just defend against us, as Klopp said. So, you know, there are occasional games where his supply is, is less fruitful, but this game is back on form and, you know, stung Gazaniga's palms with an incredible drive. And I was like, that was Gerard-esque. He's just running, bossing things in midfield. So really assertive display from Trent Alexander-Arnold. A little bit at fault for the first goal. You know, he couldn't stop Sun from getting it against the bar. Um, although I think, you know, my main blame for this one lands with Henderson. I think Trent had an incredible game and I would give him an 8 out of 10. 
I thought Lovren was a little bit rocky, which is to be expected he hasn't played a ton of games, and I don't think that Tottenham are his favourite team. He seems to sometimes have a bit of a panic against Kane and co, but, uh, you know, lost out in the in the first moments. Uh, unfortunate, really, with Sun's shot hitting him in the head and then get hitting the post, and then Kane sticks it with the rebound. But in the second half, you know, Sun almost scores again with just a simple upfield ball, and Lovren's caught underneath it, and you can't keep up with Sun, you know, so he lost out there. But other than that, I thought he was mostly solid. He did what he had to do, kept it simple. You know, um, alongside Van Dyke, he looked better. And I think he is a solid defensive option. I'm not, I'm a little bit surprised that he is getting into the team ahead of Gomez. I don't think he's as good as Gomez. I don't think either of them have been as good as Matip this season, but I still think that Gomez should be back in the team. But having said that, Dejan Lovren had a decent game. And I thought he scored a 7 out of 10. Van Dijk has obviously been a colossus this season. He's been so great. Not quite the game-changing, you know, world-beating defender that he was last season, but that will come, you know. He's just still getting back into the flow of things. No one rushes Virgil. And, uh, yeah, and I think he is just, even on his regular days, is still head and shoulders above most other defenders in the league. So, you know, it was very good in dealing with Kane after the goal. Um, Kane didn't really have a sniff and uh, you know again that was a lack of uh, defense you know that was it wasn't really Van Dyke's fault the, the Kane goal and I think uh, other than that Kane didn't really have a sniff so I, I, I was very impressed with Van Dyke I thought he had a decent game he was a bit better than Lovren you know didn't no one cover themselves in glory but I think he was a bit better than Lovren and I would give him a 7 out of 10. Andy Robertson had an incredible game. I think he was really, really bright and positive the whole time. Always trying to get forward and getting to the byline, getting crosses in, you know. And uh, when you've got, when you're up against Serge Aurier, you know, you are going to have some space because he's defensively so naive and, and not a great right back. But, you know, I think he was, he had the beating of him every single time. And he also had a really good amount of service coming in and, uh, yeah, just really dovetailed well with Mane, and I thought that he was unfortunate not to get an assist uh, today, but, um, you know, him and Trent were just so influential on the flanks, and I would give Andy Robertson also an 8 out of 10. So Hendo, obviously, was a mixed bag for him. He had a, you know, I think he was at fault for the opening goal, and I was really not happy with him at that moment in time. I was very uh, angry that he had been playing continuously when I think he might just do with having a couple of games out with the rest. I do think he's in our best choice midfield, but I don't think he necessarily is is playing like it right now. And I think he just needed to be taken out of the fire line, the firing line. He obviously wasn't and gave away the penalty, gave away the goal. But at the same time, he then goes up the other end of the field. Second half gets us the equalizer with a really well taken goal. It was Hendo's first goal at Anfield for a long time, probably about two and a half years or so, and what a good time to get it, you know. I thought he hassled and harried them, and, and you know, after looking a little bit laboured in the first few minutes, was really picking up things and pinging it around and, you know, snapping into tackles. So I thought he had a decent game, Hendo, and uh, I do take off a point for him uh, losing possession for the first goal, but he also gets one back for then scoring uh, and getting a double. So I would give him a 7 out of 10. Fabinho was incredible. Again, what a player this guy is. He's man of the match for me today, but also just, you know, boss the midfield, doing a lot on his own, really. Um, 
you know, he had Wijnaldum alongside him to keep things simple, but he's doing a lot of the destroying. Not only that, but he also got on on the creative action with uh, setting up uh, Henderson's equaliser. Lovely chip pass, comes off of Rose, and who's there but Henderson to sweep it in with his left foot. So, you know, really good, made good choices, good passes, good angles. Every time he got the ball, always wanting the ball, always seeing it, and you just trust him to not lose it. So he's great that you can just pass him the ball and usually something will be recycled or he'll he'll get it to somebody. So for me, I thought Fabinho scored an 8 out of 10. Genie Wijnaldum didn't have as much influence on this game as uh, as some of his other teammates uh, in the midfield, but uh, you know he definitely kept it kept it simple. Had a couple of chances first half where he could have maybe done better and scored, but yeah, a good solid game from Genie. I thought he was uh, one of the more reliable parts of the team uh, throughout, and uh, I would give him a seven out of ten. And then the front three, I think Salah. Again, has not looked his best this week. He has been a bit rusty. Obviously, he got that big injury just before the international break at Leicester um, against Leicester. So, you know, having that ankle injury and it seemed like he went down at the end of the game today feeling that same ankle. So hopefully it's not a recurrence of anything too bad that will keep him out. But, you know, again, you've got to look at it. Outside of the midfielders this week, who's done the most damage? Salah. Who, he's not played fantastically well. Last game against Genk, he gets a goal and an assist. Today, he gets a goal. So, you know, it's just you cannot take Mo Salah out of your team, especially when you're chasing a game, because if you take him off psychologically, that's huge for the other team. And I think having him on the field, he's a menace. No one likes to play against him. He had the beating of a lot of the Spurs backline. You know, in that first half, he had a good few chances and uh, played some fantastic one-twos. Uh, and, and just for a bit of luck, I think he could have scored at least another goal or two uh, on top of the one he did score. He got a little bit fortunate with the penalty, but, uh, you know, there he is. He's scoring the goals. He's the one putting his name, his reputation on the line, and he did it in the Champions League final, and he did it again today, so thank you very much, Mo. Um, he obviously likes to have the Champions League script written how it was and not changing things too much, so I thought he did a good job with that. So I would give Mo Salah a 7 out of 10. But Firmino was the pick of the front three today. So, so clever. So many fantastic, you know, skills and just accuracies. And he's so good at the assists. You know, that incredible Rabona pass that Mane should have scored in, against Gang the other day would have been one of the best assists you'll ever see, one of the best goals you'll ever see. Um, as it was, you know, he definitely put himself about. Should have really done... A little bit more in terms of front of goal action and, and getting shots away. But he impressed everybody, myself included, with his work rate and just movement. And uh, Sanchez did not like having Firmino there for company. He didn't really know whether to come or whether to stay, whether to drop off or whether to engage him. So, um, you know, Firmino moved so cleverly between the lines. And he's the reason that we're able to get the space that we do for the front three. So I love Firmino. I thought he had a decent game and I'd give him a 7 out of 10. Mane, you know, didn't have his best game, but then again, he still was able to, you know, have a decent chances to get on the end of things, to be a real menace to them, and most importantly, like he did against Leicester, to win the penalty. And I think this one was even more clear a penalty. I think it was very obvious that he was taken from behind by Serge Aurier. Aurier beats him in the initial foot race, which was surprising. But then Aurier does an Aurier and he switches off and he just thinks, okay, now I've gotten past 
Mane, I'm going to be able to take a breather here and, and play it out slowly you know, or kick up the field. But he's not able to do that. Mane is on him in a flash. He was like, oh, you know, like, you've gotten the best of me. I'm going to still keep on going at you. And he turn he doesn't even have time to turn around, Aurea, and Mane is still on him. So, you know, he gets on the ball, he touches it. He gets taken out by Aurea. That's a penalty all day of the week. So it wasn't even looked at by VAR as far as I could tell. So, yeah, I mean, good job for Mane just having that wherewithal to win the win the penalty and knowing that, you know, we were in the ascendancy and that we were going to do it. But it was really good to finally have it confirmed by that penalty. So thank you, Mane, for doing that. I think he was just running the whole game, defending, backtracking, and, and just being a general menace to them. So I would give Mane an 8 out of 10. And then for the subs, the only one that I'm going to give a rating is Milner, who came on for Wijnaldum about 77 minutes. Gomez and Origi don't get one because they came on too late. But I thought Milner had a decent game, you know, for the time he was on the field, he saw it out. He uses Naus to, you know, not try and get us that third goal and, and kill off the game so much, but kill off the game in another way, which is a lot safer by going to the corner flag, wasting time, doing those dark arts of football that mean a lot of teams win those titles. And, you know, we can be all high and mighty about it, but Liverpool have been high and mighty and, and always taken the fair way to do things and unfortunately it's not really helped us win as much as it has for other teams so you know if there's if there's a world where it's doable then I think we should do it so yeah I think Milner had a decent game and I would give James Milner a 6 out of 10 so now we turn our attentions to the League Cup on Wednesday Arsenal coming to town and uh, a lot of people have been really looking forward to this game myself included as another chance to see round two of the Harvey Elliott show as we like to term it we hope that that he is going to get a run out. I really hope he and, you know, maybe uh, Kiana Hoover and, and Seth Vandenberg and some of the exciting young players that we have at Liverpool get a run out and uh, and can show the Gunners what we can do. And I think Harvey Elliott could definitely be the game that he scores in his first goal. I think that Arsenal are very suspect defensively and I would love to just see him pit his wits against, you know, Socrates or David Luiz and just see who wins out. And I've I wouldn't bet against Harvey Elliott winning out. I think he's really good. And I haven't seen a player quite like him. He reminds me of Rooney, you know, and I just think he's like, you know, obviously uh, a better person because he's already with Liverpool and never has played for our two main rivals, at least not yet. But um, yeah, in terms of just the way he carries himself and his body type and, you know, his skill level and his speed and that kind of explosive factor that he had when he was first on the scene, like Rooney had, obviously Rooney gained the weight and kind of lost that yard of pace. But, you know, Harvey Elliott looks like he could be like another type of player in that mould, and I'm very excited to have him. So it's going to be a lot of changes for this game, you would have to imagine. And uh, I think this is probably going to be another game for Adrian to come back now that we know he's played a lot of games and, you know, we know that we can trust him in goal. And, you know, Alisson has just come back from injury and he's already played three games in a week. So... Be good for him to get a rest. So I think if I'm going to pick the team that's going to play against Arsenal, I would say we well, still want to have some experience, not too much, but um, you know, still have that mix of youngsters, which is this is the main competition we're going to get to see them in, and I really hope we can progress to then get more chances to see them. But I would say um, this is going to be a game for Adrian and goal. I think Keanu Hoover is going to play a right back. I think Joe Gomez and Dejan Lovren will play in the centre of defence. And then it's probably going to be Milner on the left of defence. 
then I think in midfield, it's an interesting one because the the, the experiment of Cater and Oxford Chamberlain playing together with Fabinho really did actually quite pay off. Now we did have a bit against Gank, we did have some issues defensively with that. We weren't quite as covered and, you know, Fabinho had to cover more ground than any other player, unsurprisingly, because he had to do two roles. But I do think that there's a chance that, a strong chance that one of them will play. I think it's probably going to be Oxford Chamberlain. Um, and I would love to see Cater get a game here. But you can't see him and, and Oxford Chamberlain playing against Arsenal, you know, just given the pace that the game is going to be played at. So I think it's probably going to be Oxford Chamberlain. He can get one over on his old team. I think it's going to probably be Wijnaldum and maybe Henderson again. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. I, I don't see Lalana starting the game, but I definitely see him coming off the bench. Uh, unless, actually, there's a chance that Lalana might play up front. Uh, you know, as one of the wingers coming off, coming off to try and score a goal or cause some havoc, and then up front, you know, Origi is going to play. Um, I think Brewster should hopefully play. That would be a good game for him. And I think Harvey Elliott. I mean, you can't look beyond Harvey Elliott right now. He needs to play this game. He needs to win. He needs to. He needs to score a goal because it's so unfortunate that he didn't get to score in the last game against MK Dons. He he did everything but score. So. I really hope that he becomes Liverpool's youngest goal scorer. I still believe he would be if he scores now. He'd beat Ben Woodburn's age. And so, yeah, fingers crossed that will that will happen. If I had to hazard a guess, I do think Liverpool are going to win this game. I don't fancy the gun as much. It depends on the lineup that they play. If they go with Aubameyang and, you know, Pepe, who's now finally starting to show the promise, uh, and they have Lacazette and players like that on playing, then maybe it's a loss or a, or a possible draw for Liverpool. But... If they rest players and rotate like I think we are going to, then I think Liverpool can win this game. And, um, you know, it's at Anfield that's going to play a big role. Um, but I can see Liverpool maybe going away with a 3-1 victory on this. I think that we're going to concede because that's what we do right now. But I do think that Liverpool will have too much, especially uh, with some of those players that we just mentioned. So uh, please join me again after the Arsenal game where we're going to look back at the game at Anfield and we're going to also look ahead to the weekend's trip to Aston Villa uh, who obviously are having a decent season and that's the big last game in the Premier League before the big big meeting with Man City at Anfield on November the 10th. So please join me again for that game. Thank you so much for listening and for watching and all the best. Up the Reds!